0: Welcome to episode 17 of the Hot Esquina podcast. Yo soy Enrique. I am joined as always by my co-host, Sean. Today, we have a very special episode as we recap the Orioles series, get into Jose Trevino's special night, talk a little about J.P. Sears, and we have Alex Murphy from Raise the Roof, on with us to preview the Yankees Rays series, and we'll be right back. It is high, it is far, it is gone. I'm not putting left feet on Vida, I'm on a cayenne and la cayenne. And we're back. So before we get started, let me welcome on my co-host, Sean. Sean, how you doing? Enrique,
1: always a pleasure. Uh, Really excited to uh, break down this Orioles series and looking forward to this uh, Rays series coming up. Four games set over the weekend. It's going to be a great series.
0: I look forward to it very much, too, my brother. Um, Hopefully everybody likes our segment that we have coming up later in the show with Alex Murphy from Raise the Roof. Before we we start today's podcast, I just wanted to quickly pause and have a moment of reflection for those kids that were lost in Uve, Texas. I'm sorry if I butchered the name. And for those families, what happened was Senseless, it should never happen, especially to kids that young. And my heart. My heart goes out to those kids and to those parents that won't see those kids again. And I just hope something's done so this doesn't continue to happen, Sean. Yeah, it's uh
1: it's tough to talk about sports when something like that happens because I don't want to get too political, but it almost seems like nothing's getting done and it just continues to to get scarier
0: and worse. It it really it really makes you worried and scared uh moving forward with any you know with anybody that either has kids or in in your case that you have a little brother in my case that I have a 10-year-old son who you know is nowhere done going to school you know he's going to go into 5th grade next year and what's going to happen then what's going to happen when he goes into middle school it's just i don't want to get into the politics of it man because at the end of the day we're we're a sports podcast but overall i just want to see something done to protect these kids you know politics aside bs aside i don't care what side of the fence you stand on let's protect these kids you know let's let's give a little peace of mind a little relief to these parents Especially the ones that have already lost their children, in knowing that all these things that are going on aren't in vain—that their kids' lives weren't lost in vain. Let's make a difference. Let's do something so no other kid has to go through this again. Kids
1: like that are you know so innocent, and no parent, no kid ever expects to go to school and know it's the you know it's the last time they that they will see each other. That should never be the case. School is the place where it should be the safest to learn and build your future, not have it end so abruptly in a situation like that. And now we're at the point where it's become too common. And we and just like Steve Kerr of the golden state warriors head coach said, we can't get numb to this. We, we cannot just keep, sending our condolences or having our moment of silences we need to do something about this because this is now it was way out of hand years ago it was out of hand when sandy hook happened nine years ago and we're just basically it's just a rerun of what happened and now it's time that we need to step
0: up and do something i am 100 percent with you brother um as i said my deepest condolences and thoughts and prayers are with those families hopefully they can get through this hopefully time as they say will heal all wounds and um you know our hearts are with them from from the hottest kina podcast moving on let's get into this oreo series um for those of you that didn't watch the oreo series or you may have missed a game or two The Yankees lost 6-4 to on Monday with our ace Garrett Cole going eight innings pitched, which is good. He struck out 11, walked no one, which is also good, you would think. But, and it's a big but, he allowed five earned on seven hits and a home run allowed in those eight innings. The Yankees did their part offensively, especially Judge, who homered twice in this one bringing his season total up to 17, but it wasn't enough. The Orioles just had our number that night. Then Tuesday night, it was the Jose Trevino game. Yes, I'm going to call it the Jose Trevino game because he's the one that everybody's talking about ever since Tuesday night, and rightfully so. Jose had himself a night to remember in this one, both homering and hitting the game-winning hit in the 11th inning On the same day that his father would have turned 69 years old, he rounded the bases, well, not all the bases, but he rounded first base, getting mobbed by all his Yankee teammates while he was pointing up at the sky saying, Papi, in honor of his dad. It was great to see, you know, I'm super happy for him um Glaber also homered twice in this one and Jordan Montgomery like usual got a no decision even though he exited the the game with the lead I feel bad for Monty I really do um then last night Wednesday night um the Yankees beat the Orioles in the rubber match of the series two to nothing behind solid pitching From J.P. Sears, Rob Marinaccio, Lucas Lickey, Miguel Castro, and Clay Holmes, who, as usual, was dominant in getting the save. You know, what else can we say about Clay Holmes at this point? Um, Offensively, the Yanks bats were quiet with only Miguel Andujar having more than one hit, two hits in total. Like, really, it was Yankees bats were garbage last night. Let's 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 call it what it is. Um. One of those two hits by Miggy drove in the first run the Yankees got on the night. And then the second run they got was off him get, stealing second base and Adley Rushman throwing the ball to the center field, trying to gun him down. So basically Miguel and Duhar was our offense last night. Like he was it, you know, both hitting and base running. Like he was our entire offense. Good for Miggy. That's That's how you make the most of out of your opportunity with Giancarlo Stanton out with, with an injury. JP Sears got the win in his first MLB start. And once again, that man, Clay Holmes got the save. So that's the Orioles series. Uh, Sean, you want to chime in, say something about the Orioles series?
1: Yeah. um, I was going to say, obviously a hitting standpoint, wasn't, wasn't our greatest series. But I did love the pitching. I mentioned on Twitter earlier in the series that I, I love the length that our starters have, have gone these last couple outings. You know, before the Cortez going five innings against Chicago, he had gone eight, you know, the outing before, seven in the third, the outing before that. You know, you had Tyone go seven. You had Severino go seven. Montgomery going his usual six, which was good. You had Cole going eight, uh, Sears, who, who we all expected to maybe give us two to three. He goes lights out and gives us five and gets a win, which is another funny thing because, you know, Sears gets his first career MLB start and gets a win. while Montgomery is just sitting there going, well, what do I have to do? <laughs> he's still looking for his first win. He just doesn't get the support. And he's just sitting there going, well, where's my win? Where's my win? And, uh, you know, Sears is yeah. 2-0. and uh, Obviously, Clay Holmes was fights out per usual. We had this talk on the last podcast about him getting this, you know, safe situations. And I think now uh, Chapman is on the IL. This gives Holmes the perfect tryout to show Yankee fans and, uh, you know, the y- Yankees in general, that whole organization that he should be the, the closer from here on out. And that if he continues to dominate like this when Chapman comes back, it it almost can't even be a conversation anymore. It should be, okay, he's going to be our closer from now on. And uh, you know, we'll work you back in, take the pressure off you seventh, eighth, stuff like that. I'd like to also give a a nice little shout out to to Clark Schmidt, who on the 24th, yes, I know it was the Jose Trevino game, but Clark came in in the ninth and the 10th inning and, and kept the Yankees in it in a, in a, in a game where our, our usual King, my, uh, Michael King, in a very rare occurrence, he struggled giving up the three-run home run to former Yankee Odor. And, uh, but Schmidt came in in the ninth and the tenth in the time where we really needed to get that win, and he was lights out. And, you know, he's not been talked about enough because he has only a 0.69 ERA. And I I know he's not he's he bounced from triple A and the majors back up back down. But he's someone I really look forward to seeing from now on because he has proven that uh, he is for real and that he deserves to stay. And unfortunately, with the injury to to Chad Green, I think Schmidt gets the perfect opportunity to show that he's he's for real.
0: And I think he will. He showed you that he can. You know what I'm saying? But speaking of, of staying up here, Sean, I want to transition to our next um topic. I know you wanted to talk about J.P. Sears. So this is a guy, look, if he keeps impressing like this every time he gets a chance, I know he was demoted back to AAA following last night's game. But, you know, if if every time he gets called up and he keeps performing like this, he might make. A case to to remain up with the Yankees, don't you think? Like even if it's in the bullpen role, let's just say.
1: Yeah, I think he can definitely get an opportunity. You know, he did make the opening day roster, obviously when we had the twenty-eight man instead of twenty-six. And he he proved to be great then in his two games he played with us. He was lights out. He still hasn't given up a run and knock on wood on that. But he he's showing that he can be a a legitimate arm in, in in major league baseball if he continues down this road he's only 26 years old and uh he's he's a great lefty that just goes to show how strong this yankee farm system is is that even when our, our guys go down we, i have confidence knowing that oh sears is coming up he'll be fine oh marinaccio who did struggle he's coming up he he went to shutout innings yesterday and so it just shows, you know, uh, other guys as well uh, that obviously we, we lost heel, which was, which was painful, but you know, you have Devi down there, you have, you know, Clark, who's now back up here just shows that we have so many other arms. the on his way. It's going to be very exciting to be a Yankee fan and uh, from now and for the long-term future, for sure. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. And speaking of, uh, you know, being down there, Sears, Bro, like, he's killing it down in AAA so far. 1-0 and record, 0.83 ERA in four starts, six games total. I'm guessing he had two games where he made a relief appearance down there. Um, 30 Ks, two walks, a 0.60 whip. I mean, he's doing his thing down there, you know what I'm saying? So much props to J.P. Sears. And, yeah, I mean... I I'm completely with you about the depth that this this organization has, especially with pitching. The areas of strength that this organization has is its shortstop depth and its pitching depth. Like they're they're stacked on both of those areas. So, like you said, knock on wood. Any of these guys go down, we're we're set. Like we're we got the next man ready to come up. So I I'm. Very happy with that. Um, Speaking of guys going down, I know you wanted to also talk about how many injuries we've had lately, Sean. I mean, you're talking Stanton, Loisica, Chapman, Donaldson, Higashioka, Gallo, Green, Luis Hill, like you just mentioned, and LeMahieu. They've all been injured lately. Now, I know that, you know, Joey Gallo's officially back, you know, Kyle Higashioka is officially back. So you can scratch those off the list. And obviously you're not going to get Chad Green or Luis Hill back for a while because of, you know, them having Tommy John surgery respectively. But I mean, bro, Stanton, that's a big name, you know, Chapman, even with his struggles, that's still a big name. Johnny lasagna. That was a big part of the bullpen. Donaldson. Come on now. Like these are not, you know, average or fringe players. These are big name players and big important pieces of this team.
1: I was getting a little worried because it all seemed like, you know, we went from being a juggernaut and, you know, everyone's been healthy. We're just rolling through everybody. And it just hit us like, you know, a bag of bricks and, uh, you know, we had the COVID stuff at Donaldson, Gallo, Higgy going down almost like immediately, and then you had the real injuries with with Stanton, uh, Chapman, the Green, and Heel going out for the year. It's been it's it's just all happened within like a ten day span,
0: and you're just going, "What the heck happened?" And you're worrying about DJ LeMahieu. You know, he hasn't been. "Quote unquote" placed on an injured list yet, but that left wrist—you know—you can't swing a bat or or feel the ball properly if your wrist is hurting you. So you're really worried about DJ because he's, bro, he's as an, an important part of this lineup as anybody. He's the catalyst. He's the one that starts it all all off at the top of the lineup for you.
1: I was listening to the radio yesterday, and Susan Waldman did say that that Boone talked to her and said that he should be in the lineup for tonight's game in the Rays or the day after. So hoping on that, that that actually ends up working out. Uh, We have that obviously with JP, JP Sears going down, you, uh, I'm expecting one of one of either Donaldson to come off the COVID IL or even Tim LaCastro who hurt himself early in the year to come back because he was practicing in, in BP yesterday. So either one of those, I could expect to come back. But yeah, it's been it's been a little scary seeing Wise go. Obviously, it doesn't feel as scary with go going down because he struggled so far to start the year, and uh, you know seeing him and his shoulder go down, you kind of hope it's only maybe a one to two week thing. But hopefully, he comes back and is back to his usual form. Chapman also doesn't scare Yankee fans as much because everyone wants to send him to the moon, so. You know, seeing him on the IL almost feels like the moon for us. So, you know, we never want to see anyone injured. But at the same time, we hope that when he comes back, he can return back to the Chapman that we know and the closer that we need. So that's that it, it stinks seeing them go down. But hopefully when they come back, you just have to be patient enough to know that they'll be back to usual form. Donaldson, who uh, was negative, just like Gallo and Higashioka for COVID, was placed in the COVID IL, but Gallo and Higashioka have returned. And I expect Donaldson to return some, sometime in this series. If he, if he gets taken off the COVID IL, he does um have the right to play because he's currently appealing his suspension. But if his suspension still is upheld, then he'll have to do the one game, but I still expect him to be back either in the Tampa Bay four game set or Tuesday when we come back home to play the angels.
0: That guy, like, You know, I wasn't exactly on board with him being on the team, but he's been a great addition both offensively and defensively. So we definitely hope he comes back soon and, you know, comes back and is a contributor in this lineup and defensively. You just hope that for this Tampa Bay series, we're as strong as we possibly can. Obviously, you know, the good news in all this is initially Giancarlo Stanton was diagnosed with a calf strain now it's being reported it's his ankle a lot easier to come back from an ankle than a calf so you're crossing your fingers hoping that he'll come back soon i doubt he'll be back for the tampa bay series but if he is oh, no, great no, no. um you he's will on the 10 day il
1: so he 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 yeah. can't be but oh okay that you're, you're what you right, just right. said what you just said is a lot better because i forgot to even mention that with a calf strain and you know back to old injuries I I was worried about the calf strain because when he does come back, I hope the Yankees or Boone, whatever the analytic team, doesn't decide to keep him as just strictly as DH again. Because I I felt like we were working well with the fact that he could play the outfield here and there and, you know, kind of move things around. So, but if it's an ankle thing, hopefully, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but if he could come back and heal the ankle, and then still come back to play the field. Eventually, then the Yankees should be fine and click on all cylinders.
0: I think Boone will still play him in the field. I mean, it's, it's been widely reported that the Yankees feel that him playing the field actually is a contributor to him staying healthy and not getting injured as frequently. So I don't think that's going to be a problem, especially now, like I said, that it's being reported that it's his ankle, not his, not his calf. So he should be fine. I think he'll be fine once he comes back. Um, We've all dealt with ankle injuries. I'm sure you yourself have rolled your ankle once or twice as a kid. We we all have. Like, Absolutely. it's, you can come back from an ankle injury 1,000%, yes. especially when you're built like him. Like I said, you just hope you'll have at least, at the very least, a Josh Donaldson coming back for this series versus Tampa and a DJ LeMahieu coming back you hope those two guys are back in the lineup because you're going to need all hands on deck for that series. And speaking of that series, it's one of the marquee matchups the Yankees have coming up this year where we're heading to the trap to face the Tampa Bay Rays. Sean, I know you're excited about this matchup as is a lot of Yankee fans all over Yankees Twitter and in the Yankees universe. I mean, this right here is one of those litmus tests, one of those measuring stick games that we talked about in our previous podcast, you know, where we mentioned the Yankees having a soft schedule recently and, you know, the month of, of May, you know, the end of May and the month of June being the real test. Well, the real test starts here. Um, You got Nestor Cortez, starting tomorrow against Ryan Yarbrough. You have Jamison Tayon versus Jeffrey Springs on Friday. You got Garrett Cole versus Corey Kluber, our old buddy Corey Kluber on Saturday. And then you got Luis Severino versus Shane McClanahan on Sunday. I hope I said that right. To preview this upcoming series, I'd like to welcome on a very special guest to the pod, I would like to welcome Alex from Raise the Roof. It is a podcast that covers the raise, which I'm sure you can find on iTunes or anywhere you can find your podcast. But I'll introduce him and let you guys, you know, I'll let him tell you guys where to find it. Alex, welcome to the show, my brother.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know that your listeners aren't Rays fans, so if you guys don't want to follow the uh, what what we got going on at Raise the Roof, feel free not to. I'm sure you guys don't want to hear some brand new crap about Harold Ramirez, Randy Rosarena, I mean, maybe Wander Franco. He's, he's pretty good. You ever heard of him? He's pretty good. But yeah, so we have a podcast. We have a bunch of social media stuff. Uh, and we're kind of, we've been growing steadily in the Rays community since, uh, actually, the first podcast that we did, speaking of the Yankees was the it was at midnight the day that Chapman threw at brasso mm. so that was the mm. first podcast we ever put out and then the next one we put out was like the next day after brasso hit the two home runs oh, or like or like like within the next few days so it was kind of funny how that started uh so yeah so we started like late august early september 2020 and I've kind of grown since then we've had on so we we, we were talking about this pre-pod but Um, I'm sure Yankees fans know Lindsay Adler, the uh, Yankees be reporter for the athletic. Uh, We had her on a podcast last year. We've also had on Jason Stark and Tim Kirkshin. I'm sure you guys have heard of them uh, both huge names in the baseball world. Uh, Cespedes family barbecue. We've had on uh, great guys to talk to. Uh, and then a bunch of people within the race. So people that do radio, people that do TV uh, we've, we've had on uh, at least one or a couple minor leaguers. We're hoping to get on some guys on the major league team. We're, we're, we're working on that right now, but yeah, it's, it's been growing like crazy. And I didn't think that it was possible that, that we could grow this much. I think on Twitter right now, we're over, we're approaching 3,300 followers, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but Um, considering what we're doing, I didn't think we were going to get nearly that far. So it's pretty cool. Relationships really, really carry. And those relationships are are huge when it comes to the industry.
0: Well, we congratulate you, man. Thank Um, you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. Not a problem. Not a problem. So given, uh, this Rays and Yankees series coming up, man, I just wanted to get right into it. If, if you guys don't mind. Um, so, uh, you got injuries on both sides. You guys are 26 and 17. Yanks are 31 and 13. Um, Pretty much even on both sides, you got the pitching, I feel like. And then, you know, I'll, I'll leave the conversation to you guys because here's where we'll get into the nitty-gritty of all this. But I feel that the pitching will be crucial in this matchup. I mean, you're talking two pitching staffs that, are third and sixth, respectively in ERA and fourth and third respectively in whip. I mean, this is, this is going to be a very interesting matchup regardless of records, man. Uh, but I want to start it off by asking you, Alex, um, what do you, what are your thoughts on this matchup? What do you want to see and who? do you think will be the X factor of this matchup and who are you most looking forward to seeing from the Rays against the Yankees?
2: Yeah. So bullpen is going to be a huge thing. Cause the Rays bullpen has been in there's a couple of guys that have been inconsistent for the most part. And what was once I thought a lockdown thing with the defense has become an incredibly huge liability, at least recently, which is weird because the Rays aren't usually bad on, uh, on the defensive side, but there's a couple of guys that have been, just terrible plays consistently I don't understand what's going on I mean Taylor Walls is a rookie so I I understand that part of it or second year but still essentially a rookie uh so he's been making some very very dumb errors uh recently and there's just I don't know what's going on on that side of things I mean the offense has been much better recently for the most part uh, the starting pitching has been good. I know Kluber's a little bit more inconsistent just because of the fact that he's older. He's still coming off of injury. He's, I mean, he's he's very much hit or miss at this point in his career. But you have Shane going. Uh, he's incredible. I mean, he's, I'm trying to think. I think he's got like a, just over a two ERA this year. I mean, his 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 peripherals, his pitching stats have been incredible. So that's that's a key. Then if the Rays want to, at least make it a series they need to win that start uh, when Shane's on the mound, regardless of who's pitching on the other side. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of just going through the other guys. So Springs is a guy who used to be a reliever and they actually did this with um, Drew Rasmussen last year, where he was a reliever that they got in the Willie Adama deal from the Brewers and they turned him into a starter and now he can get them like five, six innings. He actually pitched tonight and got the win, uh, but he can get them five, six innings and it is actually pretty good as a starter, which is weird because, like I said, he was a guy who could throw he was like a bulk reliever, um, and then got got converted. Springs is the same way, but on the left side, uh, instead of the right side in terms of pitching. And he's been very good to start um out, uh, when it comes to at least his starting I'm trying to his starting pitching career uh with the rays. So that's been very encouraging. Yarbs is a wild card and Kluber's a wild card. So you got what what's i mean one lock one getting very quickly close to a lock in springs which i i'm very happy about and then two
1: iffies with starting pitching they could have names that we don't necessarily think are superstars or even stars and somehow they always have our number and with with ryan yarbro especially he's one of the guys I, I have feared every time he comes to face the yankees because I think which he's is only a surprising
2: suffered. statement because my goodness was he terrible last year
1: but, but against yeah. the Yankees, it's different for the Yankees. he has a 2.41 ERA against his in his career against the Yankees in in nine games and he is uh, for against the Yankees a dominant pitcher.
2: he was hitting 90 in spring training, which is something that we haven't seen in a couple of years and he's actually I think when he first started when he was a rookie in 2018, I think he was hitting like 92 93. Mm-hmm. So the fact that if with all of his breaking stuff, if he can actually touch 90 on a consistent basis, that makes him that much more, better just because he has that little extra velo on his fastball, you know, not a lot, but one, one to two miles an hour for a guy like that makes all the difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On Friday we we face Springs, which I'm curious to see how he does. I know he has this, like a sub 1.5 ERA right now. 1.32. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been dominant. The race pitching has always been dominant. Every, every, he, they're the one team where I don't need to know a single name, and I, I usually know everyone in baseball, but they're what team that they could pick him up from like the supermarket and they'll turn him into like a top caliber pitcher in no time. Like, I
2: mean, okay. they literally brought in Lewis Head last year, who was selling solar panels
0: and in the <laughs> offseason.
2: I believe he, it. He, he had like a sub two ERA. I mean, he was also, I think the Rays brought, moved him between A and major uh, and, and the, M, uh, and I guess the, the big league club. I think they moved him like 11 times or something like that. It was something like they would bring him up for a day, drop him back down. And that's the reason why in the new CBA, they like limited the amount of times that a guy can be brought up to five because of how ridiculous the Rays were with Lewis Head last year. It doesn't make any sense, but. Like you were talking about. I mean, they literally, he was selling solar panels in the offseason, and then he turned into like a sub two reliever.
1: Doesn't matter who it is. It really doesn't. Anytime the the, the Rays put out somebody, it, it could be a name I've never heard of. It could be someone I have heard of who was like in their prime 10 years ago, and I go, well, now they're on the Rays, so they're probably going to be really good.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> actually a perfect segue into why most Yankee fans were even worried about you guys signing Corey Kluber because exactly. had he signed anywhere else, we would have been like, oh, bro, he's washed. But with you guys, it's like, oh, bro, watch him turn into a Cy Young Award winner now with the Rays because that's- just I don't think he's going to be a
2: Cy Young Award winner, but I think that, <laughs> I mean, if he can, like, realistically, in the current stage that he is in in his career- if he can give the Rays like five to six innings, you know, like, you know, like a, like a legit quality start, six innings, three runs. Like if he can give the Rays that every game, I will take that 10
1: out of 10. He He's, he was always like, when we got him, we were like, uh, hopefully he could just give us some innings. You know, our, our GM Brian Cashman loves to grab old veterans past their prime who maybe, you know, who tremendous upside with, with, possible serious risk so we got him and then you know he was great he obviously threw the no hitter against against texas and then his very next start he got hurt and then he was never the same after that and then we were like all right well no good we should let him go it's you know we we need a whole new team we need a whole new rotate we need to we need a real number two And then we're like, ah, whatever. We're we're not even on our radar anymore on Yankees Twitter. And then all of a sudden we see him sign with the Rays, and all of us just go, oh, no. (laughs) Now this guy's going back to a sub three. He's going to be right back to Cy Young. Like, you know, I know we're obviously over exaggerating, but every time (laughs) we we see him, you know, anytime we see someone like good sign to the Rays or even a known name go to the Rays, we just go, oh, no. Who's this guy?
0: Bro, oh, who is watch it? Mike Ford? have a monster game against Eric Cole on Saturday. I, I would not be <laughs> surprised. Like watch that be like a nice little pitchers duel between Cole and Kluber. And it's like, wow, bro, our, our former pitcher, Corey Kluber <laughs> going toe to toe with our ace. Like it would, it, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know about well, you, Sean, but it would not surprise me in the slightest.
2: Well, I was going to say, speaking of like random guys that like the razor picked up, I think at one point last year, they picked up Mike Ford. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as soon as they picked him <laughs> up, I was like, oh, he's going to be an MVP. He's oh going to crush God, the Yankees. And then they got rid of it. But just like the idea of me being like, oh, MVP, Mike Ford season, It's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited.
0: That. All of us thought that. <laughs> yes, Every single that's... person on Yankees Twitter was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Mike <laughs> Ford. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because we go into 30 seconds before that. We go, we get rid of Mike Ford. It's time to get rid of him. <laughs> and then we get oh, he's been traded, and we're like, Oh, what do you get traded to? And then we see the race or whatever player to be named later or cash considerations. We're like, oh my god, he's gonna he's gonna crush us.
0: Yeah, man. Um, so let me let me ask you, Alex. Let's let's uh we talked a lot about the pitching, we talked a lot about you know how you guys clearly know what the hell you're doing, you know, organizationally, especially with trades and player development and you know scouting um let's get into now the offensive side of this series what should we as yankee fans look out for this series offensively from you guys like what's your x-factor offensively like for you guys to take the series against us there's a couple a series
2: the, so there's a couple so one of them is harold ramirez um, who they got in a trade, I think, with the Cubs in the like during spring training or in that time. I think they traded yeah. like Esteban Quiros. Um, they, they traded him in Chicago. They got Ramirez back. Ram- Ramirez is also a guy like Yandi who just needs to work on lofting the baseball more. So like him and Paredes are like kind of like the same type of guy where they, they just need to work on lofting the baseball more and they'll be fine. So I think both of them, well, specifically Harold, uh, both of them are gonna be X Factors in this series for sure, uh, on the hitting side of things because the Rays are still looking for ways to try to figure out, you know, how to replace the offense that 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 B Lau gave them um and gives them. Because I mean, he's the guy who was home running an RBI away from a forty hundred year last year, uh, as a as a five nine second baseman, which is ridiculous. Um, if you can even put that into context. Uh has been doing a lot better offensively in the last couple games and in, in the last like week and a half. I don't understand where the hell that's come from because we there is a lot of lot a lot of discourse on Kevin Kiermaier, both positively and negatively. There are people, a friend of mine, Ben, is like he wants to create some sort of a pathway for KK to make the Hall of Fame. And he's, like, pushing that narrative, which is a ridiculous thing. But also, I mean, like, it's kind of legit considering how good he's been defensively. Uh, and then there's the other people who are, like, DFA him, I don't want him near me, that that kind of stuff. So there's people on both sides of it. Uh, yeah, I think that both of them are definitely X-Factors, or all three of them are definitely X-Factors. Uh, you you want to see Wander play a lot better. He's dealt with a lot of hamstring injury or, like, a hamstring injury. Um throughout the start of the year. So that's kind of hindered his performance because he started out really hot and then he got the, um, at least somewhat injured. And then that kind of caused a little bit of a downfall in terms of his performance uh, recently. So, and I know that he had a pretty good game today. So that, that helps him out moving forward. But yeah, I mean, he's like, he's Wander. He's supposed to be the face of the franchise moving forward. You, you want to see him play uh, really well for them. I'm trying to think of other guys. I mean, G-Man, I was going to
0: say, I was going to say not to cut you off, but I was literally about to ask you about him. Oh, wait, are you talking about Garrett Cole's?
2: (laughs) Garrett Cole's biological father, G-Man Choi. Ah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you know what you know what man he has
2: the I think he has either the highest batting average against Garrett Cole in his career or like the second highest batting average of like any hitter that Garrett Cole's ever faced which is a ridiculous stat. I think it's the highest I it's, think it's, the it's listen so it's
0: it's something inexplicable and it's incredible that that's one guy we didn't talk about when we talked about you know earlier about guys that were traded or left us you former Yankees that's another one that literally left us to go to you guys and look what the hell's happened ever since he's left the pinstripes to go to the race I still
2: don't know how he's so good against Cole I don't get it but I think it's the funniest thing ever because so many people make jokes about it and Cole's I mean I mean he's getting paid 30 million dollars a year to pitch and you and you see this guy G-Man Choi who has some of the most ridiculous flexibility I've seen out of any human being ever. Uh, and does not look like he should be able to break again, you know, just in general, but I mean, he should be like a league average hitter, but against Garrett Cole, he's like the second coming of God. And it's, it's crazy.
0: It's literally one of those things that like, you know, to quote, to quote our, our radio analyst, uh, John Sterling, uh, he he has a quote that uh, every single Yankee fan knows uh that's baseball susan you know which he says to his co-host uh, Susan Waldman. and that's that's one of those things where sean that's all i could wrap it around you know what I'm saying that's the only way i could explain it that's baseball
2: well <laughs> we'll put it this way i think even with 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 all of that being said regardless of of what the Rays are doing on their end this 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 year should be a very close series I'm not Expecting, I, I think a mop is, is not going to happen. There, there's going to be no four game sweep because if there is, that's going to be ridiculous if that happens on either side. Um, I think it's either going to be one team's going to win three out of four, one or, or it's, or it's going to be split. I think realistically, I think a split's way more likely just because of the fact that these teams honestly. For for as for as good as the Yankees have started this year, I still think that the two teams match up really good evenly. It's just like in basketball. I mean, two teams can be can can have much better, much worse records, but as long as the matchups work, then the series is going to be good. So, like for this series, it's just both teams match up against each other so well. And there's so many things that both teams do really well, um, and like like the Yankees are going to test the rays bullpen just like the rays are gonna test everything. You know, it, it, it works both ways.
1: This is the year where I finally feel like we're we're even I felt like last year and even the year before, anytime you guys came to Yankee Stadium or we headed to you, it was kind of like, oh man, this is tough. This we gotta we gotta try to split this. We gotta try to take this take the series at home. We gotta try to split when we're at the drop. But this year, you know, the Yankees started off hot and, you know, we have we, – we basically have the same schedule just at different times. We're, right now we have an easier schedule, you know, playing the – we played everyone in the Central. And, uh, you know, we had to come off with a good start. But right now our team, you know, a lot of our players are hurt, so we're kind of battling that. But I still think the Yankees are good enough with their pitching, starting pitching right now, and in their bullpen, that we can – I think we can at, at least – split like that's how I'm seeing it it's going to be a split
0: if and it's a big if obviously given you know the Rays pitching and and like I said I I said it earlier if you know to give a little context you're talking about a team that's currently six in the majors in ERA with a 330 ERA talking about the Rays third in the majors with a 1.10 whip you know, it's going to be easier said than done, what I'm about to say. But if the Yankees can do what they do best, which is hit homers, you know, like that like that little gif that you see all over Twitter says, I hit dingers, right? If they can do that and they can get the long ball going, which they're first in the major leagues at right now with 63 bombs leading the majors, that's going to be their way to beat Tampa offensively at least, obviously the pitching needs to do their job. Um, I am very confident, even though, you know, like you said, Sean, this guy always gives us fits. Um, But I'm very confident with Nasty Nestor going against Ryan Yarbrough, simply because of the body of work we've seen from Nasty Nestor all season. Like you, Alex, the way you said the Springs one is, is a toss up. I feel the same way with Tyon going against him. I feel like that game could go either way um, with Garrett Cole versus Gory Kluber. Hey, I'd love to say that. I feel like we got that one on lock, but Garrett Cole gave up five runs in his last start. So that doesn't make me feel too confident in Garrett. And, you know, It's going to be a real interesting one on Sunday with Luis Severino against Shane McClanahan because of the fact that, like you said, he's been your best pitcher all year, and Severino's been really good for us. But if we can get the long ball going, um, I don't know if you agree, Sean, that that should help as long as the pitching does their job. And obviously you got to get those timely hits like what, you know, um, Trevino did for us Last night, you know, if if you can get timely hitting and you can get the long ball going, I don't see why we can't win this series from from our end. I don't know what you think, Alex. And obviously you can chime in, Sean.
1: I feel I do agree with you. I feel it's going to really come down to the pitching. To be honest, Uh, I do think the Yankees can uh, obviously hit home runs and they do it all the time. I think, though, that this is going to be one of those rubber matches almost all four games but their pitching is almost dominant every time we face them. And the Yankees have come out this year and have had a really good, we started off with a really good bullpen. And now the last, like, I would say 10 games are our, our starting pitching, starting to really, you know, come into form. And we're, our uh, pitchers are hitting six, fifth, sixth, seventh innings now, which we didn't do at the beginning of the season. And, you know, like, but that I think is our stronghold. If we can, minimize the race to under four runs a game. I think the Yankees can have a legitimate shot to, to take you know, a couple and take, I would think at the minimum, uh, even the series to a, two a piece, mm-hmm. but I think that we could, we could win more if we can limit them to four.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very excited about what, about what this series is going to be concerning the fact that this is, I mean, it's been what nearly two months of the year and the Rays and the Yankees haven't played each other. And as good as, you know, and as and as historic as Yankees Red Sox has been in terms of things in the end, I, I kind of equate it to uh, when, you know, in college basketball, Duke Carolina, and then when Maryland was in the ACC, there was like that little period of time where Maryland Duke was was bigger than Duke Carolina only because of the fact that Maryland and Duke were the two best teams in the country. The same thing with the, with, with Rays, Yankees, Yankees, Red Sox. Like this is the period of time right now where Rays, Yankees is more compelling than Yankees, Red Sox, only because of the fact that the Rays are so good. The Yankees are also so good.
1: Yes. I so
2: agree like, I'm not crapping on the Yankees, Red Sox series at all, because that is historic and you can't like, there is no true equating the two but just in terms of that, like there's there's a like little period of time that like like the door is kind of open and the one is more compelling. I mean, I mean, you, you saw what happened in 2020 and, and how just heated that got. And it continued through 2021. And now in 2022, the Yankees have gotten off to a blistering hot start and the Rays have kind of just been slowly trucking their way. I think they're only like four games out right now, four and a half games out. And I just know that, but, and, and like all of the, um, you know, all of like the beaming back and forth through each other, people throwing inside all that stuff, like this stuff carries over. And it's been, I I don't know if 2020 was like the boiling point for it. And that was like the peak of it. And that's like the best that we'll see of it. But I still feel like there's that little, just like that little, they want to get at each other more and this series means more.
0: The cream of the crop in the ALE so far, you know, um, as much as, like you said, Yankees, Boston will always be there. It it doesn't have that same, you know, oomph to it this year with Boston being Mm -hmm. only ahead of Baltimore in the standings, like they're 10 and a half games back. Like you guys, I said it to Sean in a previous episode, you guys are our first real barometer of the, of the year. I feel like, like, you look at the people we've beaten so far this year and yeah, you, you, you know, the art, the argument to, to that point is you play who's on your schedule, but let's face it. And, and I know we previously talked about this, Sean, but I mean, out of all the people we've beaten, this is going to be our toughest test other than Toronto.
1: This is the part of the schedule. I've been, I've been looking forward to because this is the part where we see if, if, the Yankees are quote unquote for real because we're going to face the Rays three different times in like a four week span, but we face them now. And in two weeks from now we face them again. And then a week after that we face them again and both two out of the three times is at the trap. So I feel like that this is probably like this next upcoming from now and a month from now, it's going to be like the biggest test to see if the Yankees can stick with the Rays and if they can, keep this four and a half lead and maybe even grow it. Or if they, you know, cause the rays will never go away. They, there's no, there's never going to be a time where you see them fall and we'll, we'll be like, all right, we're good. The rays are gone. Like they're all, they will always creep up on us. If not, you know, catch up to us. The blue Jays kind of are kind of like that right now. They're still very young. They're going to be great in the future. They're going to be phenomenal. The Red Sox, it's either the Red Sox or world series contenders or they're, you know, under 500 for a couple of years and then they come back. And like, even last year, last year was kind of like, I never expected the Red Sox to be that good, but somehow they just kept sticking by and they kept st- staying with it. And then, you know, the Yankees were their own worst enemy all year. And so even, you know, the whole wild card game and the fact that they beaten us and then they went to beat the Rays. And I never thought they'd beat the Rays. I thought the Rays had that. And it was just, I don't want to just, talk about
2: that series. That's stupid. Ground, we don't want to talk about the wild card off. game either. It's how just, the
1: hell, how the,
2: the what I'm just uh words <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's us too. We were saying the same thing like we thought we had the wild card game in the bag, we thought we were going to have it at Yankee Stadium, Ooh. we thought it was going to be a landslide, and it just completely unraveled in front of us. It was just the Yankees with the most streakiest team in baseball last year, and uh, but yeah, the Rays. To get back to my original point, the Rays will never go away. And I I really look forward to tomorrow all the way till you know the end of June.
2: I also I want to say I hate the schedule thing, just like people complaining about oh, it's an easy schedule, it's a hard schedule. The Rays are literally going to play the exact same schedule for the most part because they play all of the same teams throughout the entire year. It's just at different points of the year. So the Yankees took advantage of playing those bad teams or playing those not as good teams at the start of the year and won those games and took advantage of it. And that's what you're supposed to do if you're a good team. You're supposed to beat the bad teams. You're supposed to play 500 against the good teams. So that's the cool. Yankees did exactly that. And I expect the Rays to do the same thing if they're going to be a playoff team and a World Series contender, like I think that they can be. Um, you know, I'm not guaranteeing anything at the end of the year because I don't know who the hell is going to win right now. And it's still May. But. I mean, they should they should be a playoff team. They they are built to be a playoff team, regardless of what happens. And you, at like like I said, like whatever when whenever the bad part of the schedule comes in, you got to beat down on those teams. That, like, like you that's... cannot you cannot let up, even if you are the best team in you know the best team in your respective league or the worst team. Or I I yeah I guess the well I guess for this example the the best team. If you are the best team, then you have to show that you are the best team. So. Um, like 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 you guys were talking about, if the Yankees want to show themselves to the rest of the league that that they're here and they're and they're legit, then series against the Rays, series against you know the Astros, the Angels. Uh, I'm trying to think of other teams off the top of my head that are really good. Uh, I guess the, I guess the Twins are good this year, but like the Yankees have the Twins number, so it's not really that big of a deal. I'm just gonna pencil in as a sweep. Um, <laughs> Just, just because I, I feel so bad for the twins when it comes to that, but yeah, it is it is. Within uh, that month,
1: I was telling you though, that's all the teams we play. Yeah, all.
2: exactly. So they got it this next month or whatever it is. Like, if they can show that they can play with these teams and they can stick with these teams, then they're legit. But if they can't, then then we don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a testing, it's it's a proving ground for most any team. As long as you can play with and stick with the best teams and beat up on the teams that you're supposed to beat. Then, then you'll be there at the end of the race.
0: I will say this. And, and I think we're, we're going to call it a, a show after this guys, because this segment has gone on longer than, than I think all of us expected it to go. This has been great conversation, Alex. Thank you. Um, I will say, I think you guys are going to be in it till the end. I fully expect Uh it to be a hard fought race for the AL East all the way up to, till the last month of the season with you guys, as it usually is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's usually the Yankees and the race. So that's why we're very happy to have you on. Uh, That's why we're happy to have your take because, you know, you guys are going to be our, our, rival in the AL East, not, not Boston, Maybe Toronto, but I think it's gonna be you guys. And the standings show it so far. Even though, like you say, it's only May, but you know we're getting into June now, so it's about to be summer. You know what I'm saying? It's it, we're about to see who's for real. The dog um, days are ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Any you know, any day now. You know what I'm saying? A month away. A month away. I actually have
1: just one last question, and I want to ask you, Alex. Do yeah, you think? This 2022 team for the Rays is better than the 2020 team that went to the World Series.
2: I don't know. I still think the 2019 team is the best team that I've saw uh, that I've seen recently, which is weird. Uh, but they had so many good pieces on the 2019 team. I mean, they still had Charlie Morton. Uh, I mean, Snell was pretty good. I wouldn't say like he was incredible all the year, but he was pretty good. Uh, they had prime Glass now for a little bit, and then he got hurt. And I thought they had a really solid roster of guys. I mean, that was Meadows' all-star year. Tommy Pham was on the team and was playing well. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know how to, like, judge teams in terms of, <laughs> like, like 2019 was definitely uh, – was it the best team? I, I don't know. I think that's the team that a lot of people are, like, because they got to five games with the Astros that year and – they or in, in the in the ALDS, a lot of people were like uh just you know were were enjoying the ride because that was the first year that they got in the playoffs after the kind of like the five year skid that they had then then they won ninety games in eighteen and went to nineteen. Um I can't say for sure because twenty twenty had prime Brandon Lau for a month and then he turned into a pumpkin the rest of the year. <laughs> so but he's always been a pumpkin in the playoffs, unfortunately, as much as I love that man to death. Uh, that that sucks, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that was – it's so hard to say. And they didn't even have Wander that year. So that's why – I don't know. It's so tough to call. Like, all of these teams have been very good and very enjoyable. So I'll just say that. But 2019, for some reason, just always sticks out for me. It's really weird.
1: Uh, I think that – uh, I'm thinking about it and I'm just thinking the 2019 year was funny. Cause that was the year we also thought we, we, we could have, we could have won. And then obviously the Astros shows ruined both of our plans. And uh, I'll never forget that race series though. Cause you guys were down two games to nothing. And then all of a sudden we're brought the fear into, into Houston by winning game uh, games, three and four. And then uh, you face Garrett Cole in game five and, uh, and then, you know, he had, they ended up winning, and then we faced Garrett Cole twice, and they, I, they beat us in, in game seven, I believe it was game seven, yeah, game seven, yep. in, no, I, no, game no six. maybe it was six, yeah, yeah it was six, because now what two, they me. hit the walk-off, yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't forget, thanks Chapman, but, uh, you know, and then the next year, we, we lose basically on in the ninth inning to you guys so in 2020 so i was just asking you because 2020 was the year you made it to the world series and yeah it was the mickey mouse year but you know i i
2: I want another i want another raise yankees playoff series because that was incredible i was so stressed out the entire time and and when Brasso hit that home run i don't think that you could have scripted a better storyline
0: well, as Yankee fans, uh, we would beg to differ, but I we but, could, I mean, we could just understand like, how on your end you would look at it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, just think about like,
2: just like the, I guess like the story arc between those yeah, two between as the year two. went by. It's yeah. just, that was incredible how that climaxed. And I thought that he had, I thought he was down and out in that at-bat because he hit a hanging breaking ball into like the third deck for a foul ball, like early in that bat. And I was like, damn it, that was his pitch and he messed up. And then that happened and I still, I still can't, but like as much as the Brett Phillips hit was crazy and ridiculous. And I think I said something to the tune of like, of course, it's going to come down to Brett Phillips. Like, of course. And then now he's literally a cult legend for the Rays. And like, I, wanna, <laughs> I want them to give him a lifetime contract and I'd be fine with that. But there's just, I don't know why that Brasso home run, just that's going to stick out of my mind more than anything, just because of how ridiculous that just entire situation wasn't how intense that series that was like, I want another one of that. Like, I want to watch that again. Cause it was so exciting.
1: I think, I think this year we'll get it to be honest. I agree. I think, I think it might be, I don't know how it ends up forming. One of us will be division winner or maybe t- Toronto ends up being division winner, but I do think we will face each other again. I would love, I would,
2: i would love that i mean i i don't think that like my heart and like and like my body would
1: love that but i would love to watch it <laughs> us too man us too that's exactly what we think
2: yeah, it's a very stressful time but hey that's what baseball is that's you, right. you cannot change it just once you're in you can't get out
0: <laughs> exactly exactly it's what it's what makes it great and what makes it stressful at the same time man it's it's the best of both worlds it's the greatest sport on there gentlemen it is so I think on that note, we're going to call it, um, Alex, thank you for hopping on with us. Um, you want to give your socials one more time for anybody yeah. that wants to hop on and check your work out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just raise the roof TB on social media. That That's the best place. And then raise the roof for the, for the, for the podcast. If you guys want to check us out, feel free.
0: And for any of your listeners that may listen to this, uh, if you want to listen to us, I like you I don't know why they would want to listen to a Yankees <laughs> podcast they probably can't stand us but if you want to listen uh feel free to give us a, a listen and, and a follow on social media at hottest pod on both uh Twitter and Instagram um Alex thank you man thank you for hopping on with us we appreciate yes, thank you. you so much
2: yeah of course of course thanks so much for having me on guys I appreciate it
0: no problem until the next one